friend. How's it going? Okay, how is it really going? How's your week going? Are you in the middle of crazy school starting life? Or maybe if you're out west or down south, maybe it's already started. But where I'm at, it's the craziness this week. So I'm thinking of you and I'm hoping you're doing well because I know that crazy schedules with kids can also play a part into just how you're feeling and then how your marriage is going. So if you are at peace and calm, praise the Lord. If you're in the midst of the storm, praise the Lord. I'm right there with you. But I wanted to talk to you today. One of my biggest lessons or actually reminders after in the period after my affair was that there is an enemy who is out to steal and kill and destroy. And sometimes he wants to steal my joy and other times just, you know, different aspects of my life. He doesn't want me to live in joy and peace and abundance, but he wants to steal that from me. And I say that this was a lesson because even though I grew up knowing Satan was real and there are enemies, you know, there's a spiritual battle going on, I didn't know that Satan does not play around. He is aggressive And to be totally honest with you, he's out for your marriage. So I know that I am 100% safe in Jesus. But what I learned was that each day is a choice about who I'm going to listen to. There is spiritual warfare going on today. So why am I talking to you about all this? Well, recently I was encouraged to read through the book of Habakkuk. And that might not be a book that you've ever studied before. I know I had read it before, but not really taken the time to sit in it. And wow, the parallel between this conversation with God and Habakkuk, and there's a parallel with our marriage. It was so beautiful. So go ahead and grab your Bible and let's look at Habakkuk and what God says when our life feels like it's in shambles and everything just feels like a wreck. And let's find some hope for today. Hey mama, welcome to Intimacy After Infidelity. Do you find yourself Googling, can a marriage survive infidelity? Or what's the first step to divorce? Do you wake up full of hope, only to end the day with more shame when there's another stupid argument again? Hey, I'm Christina Joy, forgiven daughter of Jesus. I too felt the shame of infidelity and wished someone had a roadmap for how to get out of the mess so I could experience freedom kept telling myself I just needed to try harder to end the affair and fix my marriage until I found I needed Jesus to heal some deep wounds in my heart. Through prayer, lots of research, and developing new healthy habits, I was able to find healing to shed my shame once and for all. Now I'm excited to share everything I've learned with you. So find your safe space and pop in that earbud. Let's rebuild your life and marriage better than it's ever been. Life is hard. Am I right? Life is hard. Marriage is hard. Parenting is hard. All the things. And this week, I found myself in tears, calling some friends saying, marriage is so hard. But you know what I did in that moment? I had a hard situation that I dealt with. And then I prayed about it. And I slept on it. And then I prayed about it again. And then I went to a few trusted friends, women who have been in my situation of healing, 
and I let them speak words of life over my hurting heart. And I'm wondering, do you need that sort of friend too? Do you have a place to go when you need prayer and an outside perspective and you need those things covered with love and truth? So friend, I want to offer that to you. Come check out our totally free Facebook community. It's at facebook.com slash group slash intimacy after infidelity. And I'll have it linked in the show notes. But here in this community, I pray for you. I encourage you. I support you. And really it's community because we're doing it for each other too. Life is hard and it's a hard question to answer. Who are you going to cry with? And so if you need that sisterhood, I would be so honored to be there with you. Now, Habakkuk didn't have a Facebook community, but we have this beautiful picture of his conversation with God. Do you ever get jealous that you wish you could have a back and forth conversation with God? I'm so grateful for these glimpses in scripture that we have of what it would be like to have this dialogue. So I love reading these conversations, but it reminds me of how real and honest I can be with God. So here's the big picture. If you have never read Habakkuk, what in the world is going on? This was a man that spoke to the people of Israel on behalf of God. So that's why there's this conversation here. So he was called a prophet. And there was a country named Judah, which was part of God's special people, Israel. But Judah was seeing war all around them. Another nation, Assyria, had captured Israel And eventually, this other nation, Babylon, was growing in power, and they were beginning to take over. Babylon was conquering Assyria, and Babylon would eventually come capture Judah and take the people out of their land, uh, really because the Israelite kings had disobeyed God. They had turned away from God, and um, so this, this was part of God's judgment on them. So all of that to say... Our friend Habakkuk and the people are living in a time of constant war. Do you ever feel like that in your marriage? Where it just it just feels like war. And maybe you hear, you know that your spouse is not the enemy. But man, something still feels at war. You, you don't feel that rest and that peace. Well, take heart. Here's that conversation. In Habakkuk chapter 1, Habakkuk goes through this kind of complaint, which, oh man, so encouraging. God is okay if I sit and complain to him for a little bit. And so Habakkuk is complaining, God is not listening. I'm surrounded by misery and destruction and people who love to argue and fight. Does that sound familiar? Do you ever feel surrounded by people who love to argue and fight? Well, then the Lord replies to this complaint. And the Lord says, watch for it. You are going to be amazed. Well, there's there's some hope, you know, coming from God himself. He's giving Habakkuk hope. And God says, right now it is bad and it's going to get worse. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's going to get worse, God promises. And so Habakkuk replies, are you trying to wipe us out? I mean, God, I understand we're a sinful people but you are sending people even more evil than us to judge us? And Habakkuk says, are you going to wink at their evil 
Like, God, what is going on? This doesn't make sense. So then it goes, it continues into chapter two, where God tells Habakkuk to get these tablets, okay, get some paper and pen, and write the vision or the revelation and write it plainly so that it can be easily communicated. All right, let me read this to you exactly. So Habakkuk 2, uh, 2 through 4. The Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. Wow. And then the rest of chapter two is when God describes how he will bring sorrow to people who do evil. So God is still in control and the whole earth will be silent before him. So sit in that for just a minute. If you are feeling like your house or your marriage is just at constant war, there's constant fighting and arguing and and just peace and joy are not words that you would use to describe. First of all, remember God is on the throne. God is in control. He sees you. He knows the detail of your situation and he cares. He's not sitting up in heaven just watching this all play out, uh, not, not acting or not caring about you. No, sister friend, remind yourself of the truth. God is acting on your behalf and he loves you with an active compassion and an active love. Okay, so then in chapter three, Habakkuk starts to confess or state the truth about who God is and what he has done for his people. So he goes back into their history. He recalls what God has done in the past. And so he reminds himself of what God is going to do again for his people. And it's actually really great. He paints this picture of God just sweeping across the earth destroying evil and reclaiming as victory. So a question for you, can you look back and see moments in your life or maybe early in your marriage where you saw God working? What truth, what promise do you need to remind yourself of? Even today, I was reminding myself, God is faithful. He's my rock. He's my safe place. He's faithful. He doesn't change. So what truth or what story or what promise do you need to remember? God will get the victory. Okay. Okay. That's cool. You know, I have, you know, warm, fuzzy feelings when I think about the past, but I open my door, I come out of my prayer closet or I open my door to go outside and I still see war in this world. I, I can't just pretend that the world is right and okay when war is still happening. Sure, it's a nice mental picture, but what about reality that's, that's right outside my doorstep? I can't pretend my marriage is perfect when it's not. All right, listen to how the book ends in Habakkuk chapter 3. These are the last couple verses. 
I will wait quietly for the coming day when disaster will strike the people who invade us. Even though the fig tree has no blossoms and there's no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields are empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread on the heights. Friend, translate that for you. Even though what? Even though my husband is not walking with you. Even though I still struggle with temptation and sin. Even though my marriage is so hard. Even though parenting takes everything out of me. Even though I'm struggling with depression or anxiety. Even though I feel lost and I feel helpless and I feel weak. Even though you fill in the blank. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as the deer, able to walk in the heights. So what is that for you? Are you able to surrender to the God of the universe when you know that he's on the throne and he's working for your good? That even though there is war happening, what it feels like, war in my house or outside my house, I can still be solid and rooted in God. I know he's in control and I know he loves me and he's working on my behalf. I would love to know what that situation is for you. I would love if you wrote that down and stuck it somewhere where you're going to see it in your car, on your mirror, on your refrigerator, even though whatever's true for you, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Sister, how can I be praying for you? Would you hop over into that Facebook group or send me an email? Let me know what is your even though and how can I help to support you, send you a virtual hug, pray for you, and walk with you on this journey. Marriage is so hard and we're not meant to do it alone. I would be so honored if I could spend a few minutes talking with you and praying over you. So let me know how I can help. And I pray that you have a great weekend standing strong in the Lord. Hey mama, I hope today's episode encouraged your heart. If you need to talk about this some more, would you send me a message at christinajoycoaching.com? Also, please take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It thrills my heart to know this podcast is helping you heal your heart so you can shed the shame of your affair. I am cheering for you, and I can't wait to hear your story. I'll meet you back here on Tuesdays and Thursdays for another episode. As always, be clothed with strength and dignity and laugh without fear of the future.